Welcome to Your Infinite Health. Are you getting older? Are you feeling it? How would you like to do that in reverse? We're your host, Dr. Tripp, and Lene. We've run an integrative medicine practice for 13 years. Together, we have 60 years of combined experience helping clients. We've helped tens of thousands achieve success in health and live longer, happier lives. In this show, we'll cover peer-reviewed and evidence-based integrative approaches to creating the health you've always wanted. We also share professional experience we see in the field every day. So if you're ready to feel, look, and live your best life, you're in the right place. Welcome to your Infinite Health Podcast. Hey, Tripp. Hey, Lene. What kind of doctor is Dr. Pepper? I'm not sure. He's a physician. <laughs> it's so bad. So bad. So funny. You know, they say laughter is the real medicine for the soul or the body. or so. I don't know what they say. Laughter is good for you. Laugh more often. Well, speaking of laughing is good for you. Not that this is particularly funny, but... <laughs> You wrote a book, or I guess we wrote a book, but you're the ma major contributor to it, Think and Live Longer, available on Amazon. So uh, this this book, and we may have talked about it before, but this book was kind of born out of handout that we started giving to the patients, and they started to re be interested. A, they were interested in it and read it, and then it just kind of evolved from there from handouts into a book. And now every patient at Infant Health gets one. And this is the mind-body component, the one of the four pillars of our core health optimization program. And it's probably the single most important pillar, I, I think we both agree, because it's designed to help the patient shift their thought processes, beliefs, and actions into supporting with their health goals are. And I think the approach we took here, you know, self self appreciate is is really good and novel because mindset has been a key component of achieving success in business for decades. And well, it's a virtually every domain of our lives. Well, yeah, but in particular, I think the focus has been on business and finances and money, like the Napoleon Hill and was that guy's name? Walter Wallace or Waddle? What was his Waddles, name? Yeah. yeah. And then, so then you forward and you've got guys like Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy and, you know, you could even maybe even talk about Tony Robbins really kind of taking those. Jack Canfield. Jack Canfield taking those think and grow rich principles mm -hmm. that have been heavily a, a embraced and adopted in the business community. But until you and me, nobody has really taken those same principles and flipped them into how to achieve success in health. And so I think Think and Live Longer, you know, one of the first chapter in there is all about that first step, that really shifting your thought process and how do you achieve success and health and what does that look like and what are the components to getting there and so i was hoping that you could in your expertise delve a little bit more into that because i know when a new patient is coming to you this is kind of like 
the first step is really shifting that patient's thought process. Because in our experience, we see that patients are, are very acutely aware of what they don't want. That's the the pain point, whatever it is, is what creates the action of them actually coming into the office, right? So it's a reactionary process because when you feel good, you don't think about going to the doctor. So there's a pain that's happening. You've identified it as something you don't want and that drives you. It's something you want to get rid of. Right. <laughs> into the office. But what you then do with that patient, because they haven't really, here's what I don't want. But most of them, and you correct me if I'm wrong, don't really take the time to envision what it is they do want, right? That's true. And so I think chapter one is success in health and thinking well, longer. Maybe in a in a superficial kind of way, um, that they you know they they some people do on occasion come in with the, a reversion of the symptom. That that's what they desire, but conceptually, as for overall health, that that global conception is never is never there, and it's never it's never something that they can they can use as a metric to for success. Well, so for example, if you're um, in your career, you know, people set goals. I want to achieve a million dollars in twelve months, or I want to be a vice president of this company in two years. And so, in business, it's I think we've gotten accustomed to creating an identifiable goal, hmm. and then, in the words of Stephen Covey, and that was was another name, right? Um, beginning with the end in mind and working backward. And so, you actually help a patient do that same kind of step. With, but with regard to achieving success in health, again, again, I know I keep saying that a lot, but that's really what you're doing. And so even from that first visit, are, are they not guided to envision what their happy end result is with respect to their health outcome? Well, that's exactly where they need to be driven. And I guess the, really when you, when you think about it, the, the beginning of any goal the beginning of any goal is really related to, uh, is typically related to fantasy. And so fantasy becomes, uh, like you were saying, I, I want to be vice president of this corporation, or I want to be this or that or the other. This is this is the the end point that I, I you know, I'm dreaming about. I'm dreaming about being in that, in that chair. I'm dreaming about, you know, uh, taking care of this many people and doing this and that. So yeah, I think begins uh, like a Jim Carrey is a good example of this because I think he actually talked, that's the dog, by the way. He actually talked about being like on a hill in Hollywood and maybe seeing the Hollywood sign and some of this, I may be making up in my brain, but you can look it up where he visualized getting, you know, a role and becoming famous. And I think he maybe had even wrote out a check to himself for $4 million. I think it was 10. Oh, 10 million, whatever it was. And then he got, you know, not immediately, not like the next day, he had this visualization and the next day he got that breakout role or the one that kind of made him more famous because I don't think he was particularly unknown at that point, the mask. Mm -hmm. And I think that the amount of money he made on the mask correlated to what he had visualized and in huh made the intention for when he was doing that process. Interesting. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, no, I think I didn't, I didn't know it was the mask. 
I think I think that's what I read. But listener, you are more than welcome to look that up and let me know what facts I've gotten wrong. Because it's been a minute since I looked into it, but I thought that was a great example of how that process. So the visualization worked. process and the and the imagination, the imagination being being what it is, creating those images and those fantasies and the, you know, the dreams of of happy endpoint, are are the things that 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 start the process of of creating a goal, and I think the the, I mean. Albert Einstein said it. He said, imagination is everything. It's the preview of life's coming events. And so as we imagine things... You know, in some minds, that could be very dangerous. I mean, if you think about the mind of Stephen King. Okay, stop. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) So, so... So yeah, so as as the imagination goes, uh, eventually the imagination and the dreams become so prevalent, and you, you, the individual starts thinking, "Well, yeah, I can do this." So, and the the requirements for doing that are are actually pretty simple. The requirements are basically, you know, are you capable? And capability, unless for anything that's within the confines of natural law, we should be capable of doing. And then the really the driving factor is is ability and then and then willingness. So willing and able. So willingness is are you willing to do anything it takes to get to that outcome? And so because you're trading off time for for acquisition of that that endpoint. And so if the decision finally becomes, instead of dreaming about it, you're going to make it happen, then then that's when the that's when the the fantasy becomes a goal. So that's really the the real key to to understanding that it, health is the same way. I mean, uh, many of the patients I see have multiple medical problems, and they've developed them over years. Uh, of course, all of them want them gone at once. But I want it I, all. I want it now, and I want it delivered yesterday. Don't forget <laughs> gift wrapped, right? All right. So, so, yeah. So the thing about it is that if you have finally decided that that's going to be the case, and you have even multiple medical problems, then creating creating an image creating the image of that goal so that's what the fantasy has been about all the time so if you're you know a diabetic with multiple you know multiple complications of your diabetes with nephropathy and neuropathy and you know obesity and all of these these metabolic problems that come along with diabetes and then in your mind you're you your frustration ultimately or your your dissatisfaction with what you're able to do at that point drives you to create that fantasy of health that's actually the tickler to say this is what i desire and just begin thinking about well am i willing to do what it takes to get get that outcome that i want i want to be you know i want to be active with my family again playing golf doing you know going to you know going to concerts and theater, doing whatever you like, and not having the burden of not having the burden of of thinking about your your disease process. Which is kind of challenging. You know, if you have a toothache, it is hard to imagine a life without a toothache. Oh. Right? No, it's easy to imagine life without a toothache. But you got the throbbing pain in your mouth. Right, but you're creating the image of 
being able to masticate easy. Masticate. <laughs> Sounds like a bad word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anywho. Okay. So you find that people have a are not challenged by trying or envisioning a well, there, successful but, health outcome, even when what they're experiencing in the moment may be pain or discomfort. Well, in the acute setting, it's much more, much more difficult to focus on what you desire. Obviously, instead of what you don't want, you clearly you don't want to be in miserable pain. But thinking about the, uh, I'm talking maybe more in a chronic sense. Mm-hmm. So something that's happening acutely has to be taken care of acutely. That's that's really not much time for reflection, but something that's happening over the long term and that has occurred and developed over the long term and has multiple ramifications to your life, then that is a situation where unless you create the image of success, that image of well-being and activity and thriving and vibrance and all of the happiness and all of those things, unless you actually create that image, then the decisions you make, you won't be able to, you won't be able to implement and understand if they're helping you get to that endpoint. Right. So, and you have a, we have a particular, well, and you created this process. It's a very practical process that anybody can do wherever, right? You call it the form feeling function test. Right. But I think before we get there, I think I think it's important to to understand about the things that it takes to to create that to actually get that. You're talking about goal, going from goal to creating the success. So the what is it a four step process where your what is it your beliefs become your habit? Oh, that's or is that the wrong one? Yeah, that's thinking. Oh, we're not into thinking yet. No, not into We're into fantasy. Still, yeah. Still, <laughs> uh, so once a person has created, well, they've identified their fan, like their fantasy, and they have their goal, then they move so into... So the, I think one of the key things in conventional medicine at this point is that we're looking at, you know, how how that person becomes aware that they can they can actually... They can actually create their health, and and I think conventional medicine, being developed over the you know the centuries it has, has been is because there's been a lack of information available for 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 everybody, and and the the physician was you know sought out you know when they wanted to get rid of a problem, and subsequently that developed into the era of you know pharmaceuticals and and modern surgery and and you know modern technology more modern technology and the approach to medicine is all, has always been the same and so now there's a vast availability of information and these thought processes require that the individual actually take ownership of what they want to create they should be the ceo of their health <laughs> right <laughs> Right. So, so, and that's, you know, and that, that entire concept goes back and evolves around the medical mastermind. And we talk about one of these days also, but creating that group of, of, you know, healthcare individuals that actually assist 
the individual. You're getting into medical mastermind now, but I think your focus is on having that patient move out of abdicating their health power. Right, the turning point there. What is the turning point? And what what I see, what I see is the is the frustrations with the outcome, is frustration with conventional medical outcomes most often. So what I see in the office is generally somebody who's coming in who's who's maybe initially responding to conventional pharmaceuticals and this and that and the other, but maybe having, you know, an enormous number of prescriptions and having side effects from the medication and, well, and isn't they're not that, seeing an evolution for their, with their. Actually, that's about the, that kind of turning point is what Joan, what drove Joan in, right? Because she had, was diagnosed with multiple oh, she, issues yeah, and given multiple prescriptions. Multiple and, physicians, multiple issues, connective tissue disorders all sorts of inflammatory problems, obesity, diabetes, you name it. She she had been diagnosed with it and was on steroids and multiple oral diabetic medi- medications. And I think she, the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back there was when her primary internist told her, oh, your, you know, your A1C has not been improving and you know, you're on three medications already. I'm going to prescribe you this fourth one. And by the way, would you like to be on a clinical trial for a fifth and she diabetic wasn't like, medication? She wasn't old. No, no. Mid-late 50s and, you know, active, bicycling with her husband. And that was the that was one of the things that we got caught up on, uh, interestingly, and talk about it maybe when we go into the successful health image. But it's she had, she could never get over you know, 11 miles an hour on the bicycle, but she continued to do that. And as we talked about, as we talked about what she wanted to create, it really revolved around, around being successful with that and some other things. But the turning point for her was, was when she had that discussion with her physician. And at that point she said, well, and she was, you know, she was articulate. She's well-educated. She's you know, on the computer and not overly so, but used it appropriately for information gathering. And, and she said, you know, there's got to be a better way. And I think she had seen me um, do a talk at a Rotary Club event or something of that nature and, and called the office and got an appointment. So it's that, that turning point, I think, is really the thing, interesting thing to think about because it is what drives us maybe and maybe it's the fantasy that's driving us at that point to get to that point where we say well i i really don't want all of this that i have anymore and i can see a better future for myself but i gotta do i gotta do something and so i've got to change something what is it when the pain of change is less than the pain of the circumstance, right. then the change will, then somebody's actually motivated to make the change. Motivated to make the change. So that was what caused her to change her, her thought process. And listener, if I got that quote wrong, you are more than welcome to correct me and mess up these things quite frequently. But she was abiding by Einstein's quote. About imagination? No, not about imagination, but we cannot possibly hope to change or to achieve. See, you're messing up the quotes too. It's not just me. So so it's possibly hope to resolve, to resolve a problem that has occurred from one way of thinking by continuing that way of thinking. 
All right. Mm -hmm. uh, so insanity is doing the same thing over and over and again. expecting a different, different result. Yeah. So, so yeah. And so, so that finally, that, you know, that finally occurred uh, in an intuitive fashion for her. And so she, she started looking and ended up in the office. Yeah. And she's been with you for a while. So yeah. awesome. All right. Well, I think we're about out of time, but we're going to continue talking about the law of success in a part two, right? Yeah. Okay. So y'all definitely want to check that out because you need the whole, you need the complete story. You need the whole scoop. The whole scoop. All right. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for subscribing to Your Infinite Health. I'm Dr. Tripp. And I'm Lynne. Until next time, feel it, look it, and live it.